Misses the throw, pocket collapses, he backpedals, pumps once, sidesteps the tackler, runs to the right, 15th, pumps, fires, end zone, caught, touchdown! Don't forget about the Ravens. This is a team that has Lamar Jackson Great. going into a big season contract-wise and a bunch of guys who want to prove that last year was an aberration. It was not what they are. Um, I really only got one message right now for all the questions, you know what I'm saying? So every question is going to come after this as respectfully as I can say as possible. Just watch how we bounce back. That's all I got to say. I hit the booth and I just went super saying I run with the purple like I play with the Ravens. These bitches ran a Raven. Hope I never have to go back watching. Everybody loves Raymond eating Raymond. Nigga, this paradise. Life's a fucking paradox at paradise. If they not rolling with you, then they parasites. Nigga, I had that vision. It was clear in sight. Nigga, shine down. What's happening, guys? It is your man Kyle here with another episode of Ravens Universe. Today, it's going to be nice talking. Well, it's going to be a little bit better talking about this game than a couple previous games this season. But as you guys know, Sunday night football, Bengals at Ravens at the bank. Ravens pull out a very close game and honestly an impressive win, 19-17. to so we're going to start off going over with the box score here. Let's look at overall game stats. Time possession, even spread, 30 minutes to 30 minutes between both teams. First downs, Raven had the edge 22 to 20. Total yards, Ravens had a slight edge 325 to 291. Not a crazy offensive performance by either team. Passing yards, 170 Ravens, 190 Bengals. Rushing yards, 155 Ravens 101 Bengals penalties six to four. Referees suck, but that's kind of a common theme. I don't want to say it's just the Ravens. It seemed to be a common theme this weekend in a lot of games that I watched. Um, let's see total plays 61 Ravens to Bengals 59, and then total turnovers each team had one. Let's look at the Ravens box score. We got Lamar Jackson 19 of 32 for 174, one touchdown, one interception. He was also the leading rusher again with 58 yards. J.K. Dobbins, 44. Kenyon Drake, 26. Devin Duvernay, 24. Mark Andrews led the receiving core with 89 yards on eight catches. Devin Duvernay, five catches for 54 yards. Demarcus Robinson, one for eight. Tylen Wallace, one for eight. James Prochet, one for seven. Likely two for seven. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see, tackle leaders were Marcus Peters with five. That's something new. Patrick Queen with five. Marcus Peters with a sack. Jason Pierre-Paul with a sack. Josh Bynes with a sack. So three sacks total. Justin Tucker was four for four with a long of 58. And yeah, I'll go over there. Let's go over side to the Bengals. Joe Burrow was 24 for 35, 217 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So pretty similar to Lamar. Rushing was Joe Mixon with 78 yards. Probably his, definitely his best rushing performance, I think, this season. Uh, Pierine had 17. Look at that. Re uh, leading receiving yards. Wow, would have never guessed this one. But leading receiving yards for both teams were tight ends. Hayden Hurst leading the Bengals with 53 yards on six catches. Jamar Chase had seven catches for 50. Pirine had four for 39. Mike Thomas had one for 33. Tyler Boyd had three for 32. Joe Mixon had three for 10. Leading the tackles was Logan Wilson, one of my guys I told you to check out on defense. 
Von Bell had five with also an interception. And then Jermaine Pratt had one sack, and that's it. All right, cool. So, obviously, Ravens have a slight advantage in some of the overall game stats, but overall, it was a pretty even game. Let's go into what the Bengals did well. So, on defense, the Bengals, um, they, they really did a good job on defense at sending some delayed blitz that really threw Lamar and the offensive line off in the first half. So, for example, they had Logan Wilson almost acting like a QB spy. So, on pass plays, he dropped back. Very, not very deep, but and you can just see he's, his eyes were on Lamar the whole time. He's just kind of there as like a QB contain or an attempt to contain the quarterback. And then once he saw that Lamar was planting or definitely making a decision to pass, he comes springing around the edge and bring pressure. They would bring guys off the edge a lot, and it was causing some problems in the first first half on offense the Bengals really ran the ball well um for the first time this season I think and part of that was because the defense the Ravens were playing the Ravens were not going to let this team pass all over them or get beat over top so they're playing basically all zone all night long with very few blitzes called so by doing that a lot of defenders sitting back so run lanes are going to be open a little bit longer run plays were the result of that but overall props to the defense they played a great game as far as players go. Humphrey and Peters were phenomenal. Humphrey locked up guys all night long. He only had like one bad catch over him, which was like a back shoulder to Jamar Chase. He was there, just a great, great play by the Bengals. I think on a crucial third down. Peters obviously had that incredible play on the Bengals' attempt at a Philly special. And kind of coming off the side, just read the whole time. And what people probably didn't notice either, the reason that play didn't work was Geno Stone, actually, the safety coming in to replace Marcus Marcus Williams, who ended up dislocating his wrist, who's going to be out for some time now. Geno Stone, who obviously for Ravens fans that have kind of tracked that kid's progress, uh, he's out of Iowa. He was, I think, our like a seventh-round pick. He was our last pick in, I think, the 2019 draft potentially 2020, but regardless, this kid's been on and off the practice squad. He's been cut. He's been brought back, and it looks like he's going to be really earned some playing time, and he played phenomenal filling in for Marcus Williams. Nothing, wasn't beat over the top in anything. Seemed like he was communicating well both pre-snap and during the play, and I think we'll see how he does. We'll see how he does the rest of the season filling in for Marcus Peters, uh, Marcus Williams. So it'll be a lot of him and Kyle Hamilton rotating in, I think. On the offensive side, the Ravens, I've been waiting to see this for quite a while. There's, there's been slight signs of them doing it. They've done it a couple, little bit, but what I'm talking about is using Devin Duvernay in like a multi, like almost Swiss Army Knife role. Running the ball, he was in the backfield, he was obviously running routes, but he is just continues to impress me as the season goes along. This is what we've been waiting for. He seemed to develop really well. His routes are way better. He used to be just a beeline straight field runner. He's not running fades. He's running multiple routes. You can see his footwork's really well come out of breaks. And what's really impressing me is coming off the line, the stem of his routes. He's he's using his footwork to fake guys out. He's using his footwork to fake in and get around. He's 
dictating where his stem, the stem of his routes go. And it's super important as a receiver because if you're being pressed or even if they're off you, it's important to get up as close as you can to those cornerbacks and then use their leverage or use your body movements to dictate where they go and then break where you actually want to go. So he's doing a great job of all those things. Another person that O-line never gets a lot of credit, but I saw Morgan Moses, our right tackle, our free agent signing this past offseason. He is phenomenal. He's having a low-key great season, especially in the run game. They The Ravens do a lot of tackle pulls, and Morgan Moses had multiple plays this game where he's on the right side, he's pulling to the left, and he's doing these turn blocks, which are the most difficult, one of the most difficult plays to make in football, regardless of what position you're at. So by that, what I'm talking about is, imagine you're, you got your right tackle on the right side. At the snap of the ball, he's pulling like a guard typically would. So he's pulling, he's pulling, the run plays to the left, and he's coming around that right guard, that left, that center, that left guard, and then filling in the hole where the running back is, and his job is to either turn the linebacker coming in that hole or the defensive player coming or def- defensive lineman coming in that hole. So imagine you got you got the whole defense moving to the, from right to left, the ball's going to the left, and you have to somehow come across the field, fill the hole, and stop that person's momentum and turn them the opposite way. So basically putting your ass to where the hole is to prevent those guys from blowing up the hole or blowing up the ball carrier. He had multiple plays like that. He was pulling. I saw him several occasions on run plays, five yards down the field, six six yards down the field, engage with somebody and just driving them 10 yards, 12 yards deep. So shout out to him. The offensive linemen don't get a lot of credit for what they do, but he absolutely killed it. Like I said in my game preview, I thought Andrew's going to have a big game. He did. Obviously, he had the lead-in receptions, but he had eight catches, 89 yards, average of 11 yard, longest of 20, one touchdown. Not to mention multiple huge third down plays. I was sitting there watching it with my wife, and on one of the third down plays, it was third and nine, third and ten, you know, third and long. And I go, well, everyone knows where this ball's going. It's who else is it going to go to? It's going to go to Andrews, and they somehow still do it. And it just amazes me how good him and Lamar's chemistry is. That no matter what, even when the defense knows where it's going, they still can't stop it. Mark Andrews on a crossing route is damn near impossible to stop. I don't get it. He scored on one. I'm going to break down that play in a little bit, but it was great. Also, I'm going to give a shout-out to Patrick Queen. Kind of been hitting on him hard as far as dropping interceptions and his overall play. Not a, you know, he had a decent game. Nothing to, nothing to really brag about. However, he got the monkey off his back. He caught that interception, which was huge. Lamar makes a bad throw on fourth and two. And the Bengals get the ball around midfield, maybe even closer. And then the very next play, Patrick Queen, who finally does what I talked about a couple episodes ago. So in the, what game was it? Bills game, I think, is where Josh, I don't know. I don't remember. But Josh Bynes, I talked about. If you listen to the previous episode, I talked about 
Patrick Queen should be watching Josh Bynes on this play, on re- replay, all week long. This is what you do. What did I say? When you got linebackers going their pass coverage, as soon as they read that it's a pass, you want them to turn their hips, sprint to that spot, that their zone, and head on a swivel, start watching for things coming in and out their zone. Communicating, passing receivers on to the next man, listening for um, other players communicating that someone's coming in your zone. Patrick Queen, I broke this down for my wife during the game. I said, watch this. This is what I've been talking about this whole time. This is what he hasn't done his whole career, and he finally did it, and the result was an interception. He reads run and turns his hips and just sprints to that zone about 10, 12 yards deep, sprints his ass off, flips his hips back towards the quarterback, turns, and what do you know? He ends up right in the uh, receiver's route tree. And ball's coming right at him, and he catches it. So props to him. I hope to see more of that because that was a textbook play. If you got kids or if you're a coach and you're looking for an example on what a linebacker should look like during their um, their zone coverage or their, their approach to zone coverage, show them that play because it is a thing of beauty. And I'm glad we finally saw it from him. So shout out to him. So, let's go on a little game preview. Um, not preview here. Game recap. So, obviously, first quarter, um, Bengals are doing a good job. They're dropping seven back, and they started getting pressed with four D-linemen and some of those delayed blitzes off the edge. Um, the D-line was looking good. Duvernay was looking good on offense, and our run offense was actually looking very good. J.K. looked very explosive. It's... Kind of frustrating seeing him on this pitch count, snap count, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to call it. Because even, I understand like, all right, he's only going to get this amount of plays this game. I get it. And Kenyon Drake did great this game. Um, I don't want to take anything away from him, but who would you rather have during a game-winning drive? Kenyon Drake or JK? JK didn't even play it down during that game-winning drive because his snap count was up. Like, come on, man. We got we got to be better. Let's be more realistic. Come on. But anyway, um, Justin Tucker kicks a great field goal um, to bring the Ravens up 3-0. We go into quarter two. The Ravens score on a crossing route to Andrews. So I'm going to actually break this down because it was phenomenal. Let me find it here. So the Ravens line up in an empty backfield. Okay. We got... What looks like Isaiah, so we have a trips to the right, okay? We have Isaiah Likely at the top. We have Mark Andrews to the left, and we have Devin Duvernay to the right. So that kind of um, triangle trips look, okay? I'm just trying to make this as simple as possible for those that don't really know what's going on. Three receivers on one side in a bunch formation, so they're very close together. On the opposite side, we have James Prochet in a very, he's, he's, very close to the line in, in a slot formation, okay? And then we got Pat Ricard at the end of that. Almost in like a tight end role here. Alright, so Lamar's in a shotgun in the backfield, okay? Now, as the play goes on, they snap it. Mark Andrews runs a straight stem at first. At a slight angle towards the linebacker, okay? Isaiah Likely is going straight to try and get that um, free safety to cover him. And then we have Duvernay almost trailing 
Mark Andrews as well. Now, on the opposite side, we have James Prochet, who's running a crossing route. Okay, this is key. Great. James Prochet is the reason why this play works. All right, so James Prochet comes in. Mark James Prochet slightly has more depth than Mark Andrews. What it does is the linebacker that's trailing Mark Andrews in coverage gets caught up with James Prochet. Now, some people would say, oh, it's an illegal pick. There was zero contact. And this play is, every team does this. It's perfectly designed where you have one player on the opposite side running a crossing route. The other player on the opposite side running a crossing route. But each player is at slightly different depths. And they almost try and rub each other. Because what happens is, sometimes it causes confusion on the defensive end. Because if you got two guys running opposite ways, right where they meet, who are you going to go with? Are you going to go with the man you're already trailing or the man coming in your zone? And Prochet does a great job of slowing down that linebacker that was trailing Mark Andrews. And that second hesitation leaves Mark Andrews wide open on that crossing route. He catches it, walks in the end zone. Absolutely beautiful play. Now, it's funny because Hayden Hurst ended up scoring on that exact same play, but for the Bengals. But uh, we'll talk about that later on. Now, so after this touchdown, Ravens go up 10-0 in Baltimore. So far, decent first half despite some of the offensive issues that we're having as far as protecting during pass plays and Lamar looking a little frazzled, honestly, because of these blitz. Ravens, like I said in the preview, if we go off-tackle runs and stretch plays, it's going to work very well. And that's that was the case so far. J.K. was just having a field day going right off the tackle's ass, right in between the tackle and the guards, just having a great game. Now, we get to a fourth and two, and we see, I don't remember if they were going to punt or if Tucker was going to come on. I, I, I think we were going to punt because we we're still a little deep, even with Tucker. Lamar's waving everybody off, and I see John Harbaugh kind of shaking his head. He didn't, very strange because he second-guessed it. He didn't want to do it. Lamar's sitting there, both hands, waving him off. John Harbaugh kind of had no choice but to do it. I don't know. If you're the head coach, you make the calls, not your quarterback. I understand riding momentum or riding what your quarterback's feeling, but bad call, in my opinion. Anyway, the Ravens um, ended up being, it was almost like a broken play almost, but Lamar rolls out and Tylen Wallace just gets wide open. And unfortunately, Lamar just overthrows this one completely, leaving him uh, just guaranteed touchdown. Walk in the end zone, guaranteed touchdown. Ravens turn the ball over, and that's how that goes. Um, So, Ravens, oh, interception by Von Bell, by the way. So, oh, I'm sorry, that's not... Yeah, so then you got an interception by Von Bell. Haynhurst scores on the drive, and it is now 10-7, still Baltimore. Bengals go up the field with a field goal with four seconds left to tie the game at 10-10. Every week I say this, and I'm going to keep saying it, bet, if there's a if there's a line out there, if there's betting odds out there on opposing teams to score on the Ravens on their last drive in the first half, Take it and put a fuck ton of money on it because it's take it to the bank. It's gonna fucking happen. They go up the field and get it, and it's it's just so frustrating because those final two minutes we got the ball after the half 
which is great and all, but just to give up points before every half takes any momentum of any lead. Say you're up 10 points and they get a field goal. Well, guess what? Now it's only a one-score game to that team, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got this. Say you're tied, and it's been a great game by both teams. They get a field goal going into the halftime, and now they're like, all right, we got the momentum now. And now you're forced to come out and try to make something happen, or it seems like you're kind of fighting an uphill battle. So got to do better, guys. Got to do better. All right, quarter three, my notes here, JK is back. He's running the ball like a maniac and just got to love it. Got to love the kid coming back. I really hope they start increasing his rep snap count. Speaking of snap counts, I forgot to mention, huge thing. After two years, basically, Ronnie Stanley is back, who is also in a snap count. And he he seemed pretty pissed off about it, but I feel like this is something that, that had to have been in the game plan for the whole week. I'm sure he was aware of it, whether he's happy about it or not. I don't know. He was either just dialed in on the sidelines or he was pissed off. I I couldn't tell. But he was he ended up alternating series basically and as the game went on, they sat him out. Even on the final so on the final drive of the game, even though we ended up winning the game, we had we not only didn't put Ronnie Stanley in, but we also didn't have JK in. So something to think about. Some odd coaching calls in my opinion there. Um Yeah, so third quarter, um, like I talked about Ravens end up getting the interception by Queen. Ravens do absolutely nothing with it. And Tucker hits a crucial 56, I mean, 58-yard field goal. I mean, the guy's the GOAT. We're going to talk about him later on because of the obvious result. Um, terrible P.I. call by the refs. It bails Cincy out on a 3-3. Three and three. I don't know what was going on. I, just Some of these calls these refs are making are just so tough. The P.I. calls are questionable. Um, on another third and five, we get a PI call that puts Cincinnati on the goal line. Fourth and goal, they go for that stupid little Philly special play, and they're stopped. Marcus Peters comes flying through and just absolutely demolishes Tyler Boyd. Ravens ball at the two-yard line. Big three and six converted. Um, so Ravens get the ball at their two-yard line. So they got to go 98 yards. Right here, I'm thinking, all right. Uh, it's funny, uh, if you guys listen to Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, one of the uh, co-hosts, Jake Luke, I was uh, looking at some of his tweets during the game, and he said, uh, now's a good time for Lamar to just, something along the lines of, the ball's on Lamar if, you know, time to put your balls on the table and go 98 yards or whatever, something along those lines, but I was like, yeah, okay, that'd be cool, and I mean, they they start off, start off a little slow, but they have a big 3-6 and six converted to Mark Andrews for 20 yards. Great play there because he does another crossing route and Lamar fits it into a tight window between linebackers. And the best part about it was the position of the ball was just so accurate. He had to throw it behind Andrews because a linebacker was coming into the window. Andrews catches it, gets it, good to go. At this point, Andrews is balling. That's one of my notes here. He has a second big third down conversion on that drive. And they end up going down the field, and Tucker hits another field goal to make the game 16-10. to Oh, no, no, this is a big talking point. My bad. Before Tucker hits that field goal, Ravens have the ball on, I think, the two-yard line. I don't, maybe a little bit close. Eh, it was close. I think the two-yard line. Fourth and two. There's still nine minutes and 42 seconds left in the game. I 
was like, oh yeah, they're going for it. And in this, in this situation, I agree that they should go for it. And he, I mean, there's multiple ways to look at this. I think every analytic, here we go with analytics again, but every analytic at that moment said to go for it. And then Harbaugh doesn't go for it. He decides to take the points with three minutes left. Whereas in the Bills game, there was what, four minutes left? Maybe less than that. And he doesn't go for it. And he goes for it there. So kind of questionable there because at that point, I mean, Cincinnati's offense wasn't doing a ton. They and you know, they got a touchdown and what, a field goal at this point. So not a lot of production on offense. The defense, the defensive secondary is doing a great job at containing the receivers. What I said before this game is someone's bound to go off, whether it's Chase or Boyd. I forgot Higgins. I Higgins was kind of a game time decision. He didn't play, so that was definitely, you know, played in our favor. And the secondary, I just got nothing but great things to say about the secondary. Obviously, holding Boyd and Hurst and um, Chase to under 60 yards each is just phenomenal. Hurst with the only touchdown. So, that was that was just incredible to see. I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. And to see those guys really, really clamp down on some of those top receivers was... Uh, it, it gave me some hope, if I'm being honest. Um, so Bengals take the ball and they end up going up the field, of course, and Burrow gets a QB sneak in to make the game 17 to 16 with two minutes and some change. I believe I should have wrote that down, but plenty of time to work with Ravens go down the field and here's where Lamar kind of put his stamp on this game. He was very mediocre the whole game, and then they get the ball, and he just put the team on his back, literally, with his legs. Uh, They did a great job running the ball in this final drive, eating up the clock, using the clock to their advantage to basically leave, to actually leave Cincinnati with no time for a rebuttal. But Lamar had several great runs up the middle, around the side, a scramble, and just doing what we're used to him doing. He's definitely showing that he has much better uh, awareness in the pocket. He's a much better pocket passer than people give him credit for, despite some of the missed throws this game. But I just think that when 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 it's time to go win a game, he's going to do what comes natural to him and... I don't know if it was his decision, Harbaugh's decision, Roman's decision, but the play calls were design run plays for Lamar. So somebody said, hey, we're doing this. Who know? I don't know who it was, but it worked. So props to the team, props to everybody doing that. Ravens go down, and with three, you know, they take a timeout with three seconds left to give them the only opportunity to win or lose this game. So it's on them. It's 16-17 at the moment. And Justin Tucker hits a 43-yard field goal to win the game 19-17. Not a doubt in my mind he was missing that. That guy, he, he's the GOAT. I mean, I, he hasn't had a big moment like that so far this season. He's always due for a, several each season. I mean, he had obviously the couple huge games last year, but 
he's it, you almost take it for granted. You're so used to him making these kicks that you almost get s- slightly less excited when it happens because you're like, oh, this is going to work. Sweet, another game winner. But what a huge win. To beat that Bengals team that everybody, you know, oh, the Bengals, the AFC North is the Bengals now. Oh, defending Super Bowl contenders, blah, 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 blah. Big game at home because if you're, if you're going to want to win a game versus the Bengals, you want to win the one at home because it's always tough going away to a divisional opponent and trying to sneak a win out of their house. So really glad we can get one back at the bank. First win in five home games. Sunday night, prime football, prime time football. And those are always nerve-wracking games because, one, you got to stay up late, which kind of sucks to watch them. But you know you got the whole, the whole nation's watching your team, and you're like, man, I just don't want to get embarrassed or have anything embarrassed happen and then be the on the national media scene all week long. I know that stuff doesn't matter, but it just gets annoying listening to it. I, Yeah. But overall, really impressed with this team for this win. And I, I just can't help but think that maybe the defense is getting better. Marcus Williams is out for a while. That hurts because he's been our defensive our most productive defensive player this year. He, I think he was tied for first with jo- Jordan Poyer for most takeaways this season. Obviously having a couple fumble recoveries, a fumble, forced fumble, and then I think he was at three interceptions for the year. So he had six or seven turnovers this year already. So that's going to hurt, but hopefully some guys can step up. Hopefully Kyle Hamilton can kind of start coming to his own, maybe by tri- trial by fire, honestly. I think he's gotten a little bit of that so far this year, but I really hope that he's able to take that and learn from it and just become a better player doing so. But super excited about this this win. Really, really nice to go beat those stupid-ass Bengals. I mean, so much hype on this team that did one great thing in one season for the first time in decades, basically. And Ravens are on top of the AFC North so far with a favorable schedule. So hopefully I can keep this thing going. We play the Giants next week. I will have a Giants-Ravens preview later on the week. Probably post it on Friday. This should be coming out tomorrow morning. So this should be coming out Thursday morning, Wednesday morning. But really, really excited. I mean, all the negative hoopla that I've been talking myself, the media has been talking about for fellow Ravens fans been talking about. It's nice to get a win and a primetime win and kind of ease your nerves a little bit and start thinking, you know what, maybe things are going to be okay. And I think things are going to be okay. Still a lot of issues with this team, but it is early, ladies and gentlemen, and things can be fixed from this point on. Lastly, big shout out to the defense. They... They did it. I mean, they they did everything that I thought that they wouldn't be able to do. They limited the passing. They limited the receivers. And they they just went with the flow of the game. There weren't moments that were too big for them. You see them crack a lot during some of those moments in recent seasons. And the defense held their own. To, to only let up 17 points to the Bengals is a feat. It really is. Really, any almost any team in the NFL these days. I mean, if you're only leaving a team, if I if I would have told you, if someone were to told me the Ravens win this game scoring only 19 points, I would have thought they're out of their damn mind. But when you hold a team, when a defense can hold any team to 17 points, they give their team a good shot to win that game, and that's what happened. 
Lastly, I'm going to um, harp on that final drive by the Ravens. This is what we needed. The defense to do enough to give the offense a chance and the offense to execute, close a game, and win it. Nothing better than a game-winning drive. Nothing to give you know a team more confidence going into the rest of the games in the season. To finally get that monkey off your back and close a game. Both sides of the ball played well. I think the defense obviously had the upper hand in this game. They balled out. They did really well. The offense struggled and stalled out at times. Hopefully they can fix that here in the near future and both sides can play their best game. I mean, the best is yet to come, guys. The best is yet to come. And uh, I'm back to being a proud Raven fan. I mean, always going to be a proud Raven fan, but it was really nice to see those guys come together and get a good team win because it was a team win on all three phases of the game. Defense holding down those receivers. Jamar Chase, probably one of his, statistically one of his worst games of his career. And just getting locked up by Marlon and Marcus Peters, who's a dog. God, that guy's energy is just incredible. That's the guy you need on every defense, and he's the one that our defense needs. He brings that energy. He brings that that shit-talking, I'm going to fuck you up every play, and when I do, you're going to hear about it. And you love to have a player like that. Every team has one. He's ours, and I'm glad he's on our side because, damn, that guy, when that guy is healthy and feeling it, there's, there's not many corners better than him. Just plain and simple. And then lastly, obviously special teams did their thing. Jordan Stout had a couple of really good punts this game. And Justin Tucker, just he got me 16 points in fantasy. Shout out, love it. But most importantly, that 58-yard 50 yard field goal was a thing of beauty. And that 43-yard game winner, just chef's kiss, baby. Mwah. Most importantly, we beat those stupid fucking Bengals. Get the Bengals talk out of my face. We'll see them week, what, 18, our last game of the year. Obviously, that one will probably come down to, could come down to who wins AFC North. Could come down to a playoff wild card spot. That game most likely will have pretty heavy implications on the playoff picture and divisional picture. So, we'll see them again. Hopefully, we're healthier with Marcus Williams back and maybe and hopefully Tyus Bowser, Ajabo back and... Guys like Jay Kane, Ronnie Stanley getting full snap counts. So the best is yet to come, guys. I think we can breathe a little bit easier this week and hopefully get this win over the Giants. But I'll be back with that game preview. Thank you all for listening. Like, share it, leave a review, and let me know what you think. But for now, I'm signing off. This is your man KJ, Ravens Universe, Bengals, Ravens, post-game recap. Have a good one. I'll talk to you guys later this week. Peace.